What makes a Carnival Cruise fun? A picture-perfect beach day at Cozumel or a tropical adventure to Mayan ruins with snorkel excursion for good measure. A delectable surf and turf at sea topped off with craft cocktails at Alchemy Bar. Now, get some Z's. You never know what tomorrow will bring. Why? Because no one does fun like Carnival. Carnival. Choose fun. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The NTT IndyCar Series is coming to Nashville at the inaugural Music City Grand Prix, and Sirius XM has your chance to experience the race and so much more. One grand prize winner will receive a trip for two to Nashville, including round-trip air, hotel accommodations, two tickets to the race on August 8th, along with VIP access to a live recording of our podcast, plus the Highway's Music Row Happy Hour and more. For official rules and to enter, go to SiriusXM.com slash Music City Grand Prix. No additional purchase necessary. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello, guys, and welcome to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Oh, really? I'm Alex Rossi. Really mixing it up by throwing guys in there. I see how it is. And yeah. sounding and excited. My happiness. That's, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I kinda, that was the most I'm unsettling in, part for me. I'm in, I'm in a state of delusion because I'm so hungry. Yes, we're very hungry. We are in a, We are in a, yeah, not, yes. not awake. This is an exciting episode, guys, because it's like a remotely recorded, different format than normal. Remotely recorded. What does that mean? We're like we're not where we normally are. We're on location. We you guys have the like, you have the the hotel drapes that are in every single hotel right behind you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a good look. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice room. It's a it's a it's been a room that's been redone. There's yeah. some there's some art <laughs> on the wall that's reminiscent of um, Yosemite. Oh yeah. The redwoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big television. Mm-hmm. We are in California, so they don't do cleanings. Um, because of COVID, but we didn't have to wear a mask in the lobby. Which I yeah, was we were very excited about, about that. Yeah. Um, after like you know being in Indiana and having the masks not really be a thing for a while, if you're vaccinated, uh, flying six hours to the West Coast that was tough. It's a wake up call. It was a weird. It was a weird step back in time, and especially after waking up at four o'clock in the morning to get there. But we digress. We're here, and it brings us to the first topic of the day, which is airplane etiquette. <laughs> Oh boy, I'm excited. Well, James brought up. I mean, he he messaged me on our second flight from Phoenix to Monterey um, about a situation he had. So why don't you go first? Okay, so it was it was fun. I mean, I get remember we got up early. Like I I'm not in the I'm not in the best headspace, and the the row behind. So it was a small plane, right? It was like a two by two, like an RJ or whatever, two by two, very tight confines, close quarters. And it started off with the two people sitting behind me chatting kind of about something 
you know, I think the one lady was asking the other lady where to go in Monterey. I guess she was going there maybe for the first time. They were comparing some stories and having a fairly fine idle chat during boarding. Sorry, just real quick, Alex, what are you doing there? What's the what's all the noise in the background there? James had an itch in his throat. I was trying to be a good friend and co-host. A bottle of water. Thanks, so, Fred. Man, Alex was in a really good mood. I don't this know why. Do you really just, is, do. I don't like it. Yeah. Is the secret to you being a pleasant person just sleep deprivation? Maybe. I actually <laughs> I went to bed at nine. Yeah, I was at nine, nine thirty. Yes. Uh anyway, so that's fine. No problem. Whatever. Then the guy next to me actually turned around to the woman who was behind him and said, Oh, hey, where because they started talking about, I guess, growing up in Monterey. And he goes, Oh, hey, I grew up in Monterey. Where'd you go to school? So they started talking. Wait, there was like Vert- vertical row to row and lateral oh because my then God. The, the two in the seat across the aisle from the ones behind me were like oh where we went to school over there and like they we were just part were, of this little high school reunion right I was, I was in the middle of this like monterey town council meeting and I was like, <laughs> this is, like during boarding no problem everything is there's noise everything's doing a thing but like once we're once we're rolling let's cut it back to just the person beside you if that's what you're going to do and even then, like, let's make it an appropriate volume for people that are four and a half inches apart from each other. Mm-hmm. That was the part I think that got me once keep in we mind, were going. Keep in mind, in Arizona, it was still eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's not yeah. like it was midday. This right. It's not like these guys. Still tired. It's not like these guys were like you know three vodka sodas in at lunch or something. They were. Like, well, I mean, they may have been. Okay. It was. I mean. But, you know some people. Well, yeah, we know a person. Uh, <laughs> um, it's so, air, airport rules. Time doesn't time doesn't count, and chips cost seventeen dollars. People, <laughs> people have not been drinking. What we're saying is, it was still everyone. Like on our first flight from India to Phoenix, it was the I've never actually seen this before. Every single window shade was down, and not a single person was on a laptop until about. Well, I, I kind of slept in and out. I, half an hour ago, I noticed someone on a laptop. Yeah, but it was. There's usually that one guy that's a jerk and leaves his window shade open. It was the darkest airplane I've ever seen. It was actually cold, too. Yeah, like, yeah I, was, was. I was a little chilly. I actually, I slept so well. My, like, Whoop, which is like a fitness monitoring tracking device. Tim, you wouldn't know anything about it. Um, <laughs> Whoop recorded a nap. It detected a nap. And it never does that. And That's it was like a good nap. It was like an hour and 20 minutes. Nice. It was gone. That's solid. So, all right. So, so that was your experience. So that was did my it, Did it end? It did eventually end, okay. and I could read in peace because I was reading, and like I hadn't brought my headphones, so oh, I, you know, wow. that was my that was my mistake. So headphones, James, on the topic of headphones. On the top- you, well, hang on. How do you guys? You're on the same flights, presumably booked by the team. How are you guys not sitting next to each other? Well, not booked by the team. Not booked by the not team. booked by the team. We don't trust the team to book our travel. Okay, but like you can still look at the seat map together and find two. And you just just like yeah, we talk enough together, as it is. We knew we were going to be in the same rental car in the same hotel. We're going to eat yeah, together. We're going to, we're fine. And I'm now giving him a ride home from the airport. Oh yeah, yeah, fix that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, we don't need to also sit next to each other. So, Fair enough. Anyways, here we go. So, my flight started off much different than James. Um, uh, there was a woman that sat down next to me and then decided she didn't want to sit next to me anymore, which was great. Um, so she moved seats. <laughs> Wait, what? I guess because like my, my little chair didn't have, she wanted to put her bag under there and ask me to move it. Oh, I you said, had no, okay. No, but like I was just behind first class that had one row. Oh, okay. So okay, she okay. didn't have a space. 
for her bag. Understood. So she was like, oh, can you move your bag so I can put mine there? And I said, no, like, no, I've been here before you and I don't care. So, <laughs> so okay, sleep deprivation does not make him a pleasant. Right. Got it. Why is that my responsibility? Yeah, so she had to, she put her crutches down and, and <laughs> she had to call the wheelchair back. You're right. <laughs> no, he had to speak very, very loudly into her one still working ear. Yeah. Um, no, so, uh, so a guy sat down next to me and he, I could tell he was a little like antsy. Um, but that's okay. Like he kept looking over at me and I was playing two dots on my phone and I had my headphones in. So I was, I was in my zone. I was peaceful. Right. And do the whole flight. And at one point he piped up and he was like, Oh, did you get on the internet? And I didn't remove a headphone. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he said, did you get on the internet? And I said, Oh no, like this is just like a game on my phone. He was kind of an older gentleman, but still like fine. No problem. Put headphone back in. And then about, 25 minutes later he's like can i open the the window shade that was like quite a bit in front of me because mine was already open i was like oh yeah go for it so fine like that doesn't bother me at all and then we are on our final descent which is like 15 20 minutes and he just turns to me he's like so you from here and i'm i literally look at him as i'm pulling out an earplug again and i'm like what and he says, oh, so are you from here? And I said, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just in town visiting. And he was like, oh, do you, do you visit a lot from the desert? And I said, uh, no, no, I'm just, I'm just here for work. And he was like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> so I just, I was like, I'm in marketing. And he was like, oh, no way, me too. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no of all the professions and uh and he was like oh that's that's crazy so like where are you where are you coming from or something something like that and i was like oh actually um connected in, in phoenix to indianapolis and he was like that's crazy i used to live in the midwest too i was i was based out of cincinnati for like six years and i went to indianapolis all the time and i was like wow man awesome like not asking rebuttal questions. Yeah. I also yeah. was still listening to music in my other ear and like changing the songs and adjusting the volume in front of him, mind you. And then he pipes up about how he loves the Indianapolis 500. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> no follow-up question, no nothing. Just like, sweet, man. Just be like, yeah, I never made it. <laughs> Wasn't going to go that far. And then he was like, oh, um, then started talking to me about some other things. We, he started talking about like how, how my business was affected by COVID. And I was like, yeah, you know, it was a struggle, but we made it through, you know, being virtual, this virtual technology, <laughs> a lot of things helped us a lot. And I racing, let me true, tell you. <laughs> right, right. And he was like, yeah, I, I would have I expected all of it to just kind of tank. And we all came out on the other side of it looking pretty good. And I said, yeah, man, that's, that's great. And then we're talking about the housing market. I was like, yep, pretty wild out there. And then he uh, he was like, oh, have you ever have you ever traveled around like the India area or outside of India? And I said, yep. He was like, well, since you're since you're in India, you should go to the Kentucky Derby one time. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I actually went in 2017. I was like, oh no, <laughs> that's no way. No way. Yep. Are you sure this guy wasn't just messing with you? Well, that's a fact. I'm 50-50 he was caught, but I'm not sure. 
No, I so don't. the one time that we happened to be in the <laughs> yeah. Kentucky Derby, he was also there. So I was like, oh man, is it worth going? Like, is it cool? <laughs> I said, well, you are engaging with follow up questions. Well, yes. at this point, at this point, we're I basically wheels down, so <laughs> it didn't matter. And he was like, yeah, it's something you should go to, you know, at least once. One hundred sixty thousand people. He was like, it's nothing like the Indy Five Hundred, but it's still. It's still worth going to. And I was like, yeah, man, sounds like it. That's pretty cool. Well, um, we're here now. So, and he kind of like piped in a little bit more about like, what, want to go to lunch or places I should go visit in Indy. Like, and this actually, I kind of want to go. Apparently, south of Nashville, Indiana, there is an old Cummins factory that's underground. It was built during World War II. Oh, and they built all the diesel or most of the diesel engines for tanks and Right, and they built it underground because to protect it from yeah. being bombed. So I was like, actually, that's quite an that's interesting cool. tidbit that yeah, I thought that's that's cool. Cool. that was a cool. That was kind cool. of cool. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, so that was my. So, anyways, back to etiquette. It's like, dude, come if, on. If the earpieces are in, you have to assume the person. Yes, and also chat. if the person is not answering you with any more than like a word. Right. No follow up questions. Right. Oh well, what do you? Doing? I know nothing doing? about this guy. Right. He just inundated me with information and asked me questions right yes. to be fair he also knows nothing about you <laughs> blatantly like so, this man you basically know <laughs> the exact same amount about each other you're both in marketing <laughs> he lives in he lives in cincy you live or he used to live in cincy you live in indy yeah. you both like the indy fight well he doesn't know that you like the indy no, he does not. but you, <laughs> you were both at the kentucky derby in 2017 yeah to be fair, you've never you you've never been to the 500 as a fan you've never attended the event i mean good point you've never done that i have <laughs> too soon <laughs> i attended the second half of 2020 no that didn't count because you started the first half so that doesn't really count that's not the same all right um, um yeah. okay so just while we're still on it because this kind of i mean i know you had your your vent on uh airlines the other day tim but what is like the craziest story about either something like that whether it's poor etiquette or like somebody starting a fight on a plane or like what's the we we've traveled a lot. We've been very lucky. We've had some crazy things happen. But what's the weirdest travel story you've got? Like plain travel story? Because <clears throat> I've got one that'll blow you. Yeah, away. I mean, you need to go because I, I've I've got one that I don't know would be that appropriate. <clears throat> then I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, no, I one time Mike I was flying back to Indy from L.A and had a connection in Dallas. And I, I happened to like bump into my cousin on the same two flights and we get delayed on the tarmac out of LA so that by the time we land in Dallas, we missed our connection. So they put us up in this hotel in Dallas and we're chatting with somebody else who's on the same flight. And he's like, yeah, I'm coming back from my uncle's funeral. And so anyways, we go to a bar by the hotel and this guy gets just obliterated drunk. Like my cousin and I had a couple, but not that much because the flight the next morning was like six in the morning. So we're we're getting ready to go and we're in the lobby of the hotel the next morning waiting for the bus to pick us up, take us to the airport. And we notice this guy's not there. And at some level, we I don't know why I feel responsible for this guy. So we go find where his room is. The door is just open and he's passed out completely naked and there's vomit all over his room. So we're like, all right, we should probably help this guy, which I don't know why we didn't just leave him at that point. So anyways, we 
got him in the shower, got him dressed, got him on the plane. And the dude was just passed out the entire time. And the last we saw him was at baggage claim. He was asleep on one of the couches in Indy waiting for the bags to come out. And I was like, all right, well, we got him to his destination. I can't believe you managed to do all that. <laughs> that I mean, that and the thing is, that guy's not going to remember you two at all. No. He's not going to know that he's going to think that he got himself there and did all that. You're a good man. That was good. <laughs> so, James, uh, okay, you've got one lined up. I'm going to have to think. So go. Okay, so soon. that's that is that is impressive, Tim. That was yours is yours is like you coming out as a good person. Mine's just an observational situation here. I mean, I tried to be a good person in it, but there was really not much I could do. Got it. I'm excited. I, this it's it's a it's a bit it's a super lengthy story. I'm going to try to cut down as best as best I can. But there was a lot of moving parts here. I was flying back from South Africa, and the flight was like Johannesburg to Qatar, which was I think eight hours. Everybody stayed on the plane. They refueled, and then Qatar to Washington, which was like eight hours. So it's like 17 hours on this plane, right? <clears throat> and um, I was I was up in business class and I was sat next to this guy and very, very chatty. Now this one, like I was reading a book. I was very into my book before we even started rolling. This guy did not care that I was reading a book at all. <laughs> like, like you, I was one word answers at first. And by the time we were like at 20,000 feet, I closed my book and I was like, this isn't going to stop. So I might as well just engage and roll with the punches here. We're going to be together for a while. Let's not get off on a bad foot here. So I, I played along. He told me the most outrageously detailed story of this trip he had just been on with his girlfriend uh, to South Africa, who was on the plane. Okay. His girlfriend was on the plane, but she was in the back. She was in the economy <laughs> because, oh, hang on. He had a reason for it. It was actually, she was there for work and they, they flew her business class. He wanted to come along for the trip. Um, they could only afford him to be an economy ticket, but on the way home, he was landing in, they were landing in Washington and he had to, at six o'clock in the morning, he had to go straight to work and give a big presentation. So his wife said, look, on the way home, you take the front of bus. Oh, good lady. Get some rest. Great lady. Great lady. He starts telling me all these stories about all the crazy things they did in Africa and like visiting villages and helping build schools and doing all this stuff. And like he's explaining it in a way like he's a writer for like a National Geographic documentary, but like a really bad one. You know, like, <laughs> he, he brought out his journal. He had a whole journal from every day of the trip and was like showing me details of the journal and explain like just how he was very emotional about the whole trip. The things he loved, like he was over the moon and the things he, that crushed him, like he was crying. Like it was, it was a very elaborate story. And he said that while they, while they were there, he realized that this was the woman he wanted to spend the rest of his life with. So he went and sourced a diamond locally, which I didn't want to get into with him yep. at all. Yep. Um, and he proposed. So it's, it's actually his fiance it's that's probably a big diamond. Um, well, it, it's something. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's actually his fiance that's that's in the plane, whatever. So, um, uh, and he's just, he's so emotional. He explains the entire proposal to me, like all the details of that. And, and again, he, like he's speaking about it on this level that is just like the narrative is just so, so bizarre, so intricate. Anyway, throughout this conversation, 
let me rephrase that throughout him talking because it wasn't really a monologue yeah diatribe there was this little noise i kept hearing and like after a while we both sort of acknowledged that there was a noise well it turns out on this particular plane and i don't know if i've ever seen this since or before but like every seat economy business class first class everybody had a phone right and you could call other seats yeah it's that's normal yeah okay i had never seen this before so he realized it was his phone that was ringing. So he's like, oh, weird. So he answers it. And it's his wife. It's his wife. Yeah. Now, hearing the one side of the conversation was really fascinating. <clears throat> what I'm going to, again, I'm going to really summarize this. Um, she was very upset and, and was sitting back in economy contemplating their relationship. Oh, no. So at this point, headphones go on, book comes back open, and I was like, here's my out. I don't want to be a part of this. But, you but now he needs advice. No, 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 no. I did not want to hear this. this it, was, it looked like it was, it, was on a, it was on a very bad trajectory. Because it, it, it started with, like, she was furious that she had called 14 times and he had to answer the phone. So like, hearing him, like, oh, yeah, we did. He was so excited. He's like, oh, so good. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yo. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was sitting here with the guy. I just met this guy. He's great. We're just, we've been talking about it. Yeah, I didn't know it was right. No, I, I didn't know you. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't. I was, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I, just, I, wasn't, I wasn't ignoring you. And he's like, you're turning his back. You know? <laughs> no, bud. Got my book. Got my headphones. Good to go. He's on the phone a little bit. Hangs up the phone. And he's like a little like perturbed, right? And, uh, and, he, and he was like, oh, yeah. And again, I'm reading the book. Headphones are in. Doesn't care. He's like, yeah, man, she's, uh, that was weird. She's kind of upset and like thinks that like maybe we were rushing things. And I was like, I do not deserve to know anything about this situation. <laughs> so he just kind of like keeps going for a bit. I love how this is all happening as if you can't walk 20 steps to the back and have a conversation. Correct. So, so this is all going off and it's, it's, weird 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 and so i so so this carries on whatever i think we end up kind of i get to a movie or something and this guy looks pretty stressed out so we land we now have an hour in qatar on the on the tarmac so i said to him i said look bud call your wife up tell her to come up here sit in this seat i'll go walk around the plane for an hour no problem and he's like, oh, dang, dang. so i get up i take off and whatever <clears throat> So it's everybody back to your seats. Hour goes by, whatever, whatever. And um, and we take off. And I was pretty late. And I was just like, hey, man, I'm just going to go to bed. So we get up in the air. I lay down. I pass out. I wake up a couple hours later. And I look over. And there's a woman sitting next to me. <laughs> and I look at her. And she looks at me. And she goes, oh, I swapped seats with my husband. And I looked at this poor woman. I was like, you have no idea how much I know about what's going on. And that's really <laughs> uncomfortable for me. And I'm glad you don't because it would be really uncomfortable for you if you knew how much I knew about your current situation. So we just like – she kept her mouth shut. She didn't say anything. Great passenger. Yep. And we land in D.C. And I'm not kidding. The next time I saw him, it was in the baggage claim. And the two of them were at opposite sides of the baggage claim. Like I literally watched a makeup potential marriage break up over the course of a 17 hour plane over the course of the Atlantic. Yes. That is 
it was exceptional. It was it was a wild ride, man, from start to finish. It was a <laughs> ride. Surely you would have like spoken a few words with her. Like who whose team were you on? Look, man, based on the way this guy was telling his story, he seemed a little over the top. Yeah. Like it wouldn't have surprised me if they'd been dating for like a month and a half. Yeah. And he you know, like he didn't drop that information, but like it did not super surprise me that the result was maybe we're rushing this. Got it. So yeah, I mean, sweet guy, but that's something that if only we knew a writer, that'd make for a good movie. <laughs> yeah, at least a good. Actually, you could you could that'd get you could get two movie. hours out of that yeah, yeah. for sure. You could it get really ninety minutes out of yeah. that, and it'd be it'd be cheap because it'd only be one set. It'd be one. Yeah, that's true. If only we knew a cheap writer, right? Yeah, if only. Cheap. Well, we can DM Jeff Lowell again. <laughs> Pretty sure he's got some accomplishments to his name. Yeah, no. He's... Yeah, did you, so, did you think of anything? So, or you just had just carefree no, travel. No, so I'm sure. I'm sure there's been like a, a negative or like a weird one, but I try and block those out. Um, but I did have an awesome experience. So, it was flying back from I I, I think I want to say it was Malaysia. Um, F1 race. So it was Kuala Lumpur to to London. Long flight. And because F1 teams are so large and there's so many based in England, most of the time, like 30 guys will end up on this plane and 30 will end up on that one. And like, it's, it's, everyone's kind of like mixed in together, but for whatever reason on this particular, I think it was a, I think it was a BA flight. It was purely the entire Caterham F1 team and like maybe a handful of other passengers. And so, like, an F1 team is That's cool. a couple hundred people traveling from the marketing department, hospitality, engineering, management, mechanics, everything. Everyone was on this plane. So it was almost like a charter purely for us. Right. And so I was back in economy because I, I was still a reserve driver or whatever at the time. So I was in the, the middle of, like, the middle. So it was kind of right. like three, four, three or right. three, five, three or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. big, big plane. <laughs> And sitting between two but of my mechanic buddies. It could have been that. Did you guys take up the entire plane? Like, was it full? No. It was just mainly. No, I would say it was probably 65% full, okay. 70% full. But okay. of that, yep. 50% of it was us. Right. Okay. And so we all were kind of together. And it was after the race. And we just started to, you know, have some cocktails yeah. and some snacks and yeah. stuff. And then there was a lot of cross-plane communication yeah. and and. <laughs> There was a deck of cards. There was multiple decks of cards. And then there was some wagering that was happening. That's so unlike you. Yeah, weird. <laughs> and so what ended up, we were all like kind of being like trying to be quiet and everything. That lasted only for so long as, you know, British mechanics do. They can start drinking. And we were all super concerned because I was with one of the marketing guys. It was like, man, like the flight team's going to get pissed. The flight attendants started getting involved. (laughs) (laughs) And they started giving us free drinks. And they started just basically whatever you want, let us know, have a great time type of thing. Because the other passengers were like separate enough. Yeah. Like like, didn't care. Like, yeah. There was no complaints. Like we just had this area of the plane to ourselves. Yeah. And it was food, drinks, cards, movies, whatever. That's awesome. Like I'm almost surprised no one got like a little like boombox out and started playing. No one did that. <laughs> but it was it was like a flight that was nine ish hours, ten hours, and it felt like an I'm hour and a half. I'm picturing awesome. like that scene from Wolf of Wall Street. Well, no, <laughs> not not because there's just a bunch of dudes. Right, right. 
and, and, and less and like less drugs. maybe Bud Light, right, right, right. And, or some Heinekens and stuff. Right. Not so, Sal Perignon, right, right, okay. right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Um, it was a uh, Heineken and peanuts. But hey, <laughs> we had a good time. Same, same. I probably lost some money, but hey. Uh, well, right. here, here we are. Um, so that was that was kind of a memorable flight experience. Um, Heineken and peanuts. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's the way? Ever been to Delaware? If not, now is the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What makes the Carnival Cruise fun? A picture-perfect beach day in Cozumel or a tropical adventure in the Mayan ruins with snorkel excursion for good measure. A delectable surf and turf at sea. Topped off with craft cocktails at Alchemy Bar. Now, get some Z's. You never know what tomorrow will bring. Why? Because no one does fun like Carnival. Carnival. Choose fun. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Got pants for those. I don't know. Great, great content, guys. Are they skinny jeans? Are we going to piss Paul well, Tracy off again? I've got a very, very <laughs> uncomfortable feeling where we're in the exact Beige? same chance. Wait, I don't know. Yeah, we're in the exact same chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't sit together on planes. We're like that 70-year-old couple that travels the world together, but the only time they get apart is on the flight, so they sit in separate parts of the plane. Oh, boy. Why are we wearing the same? They're like sweats. They're my favorite. I've, I've had these things for so long. They're my favorite. Oh, things. man. Yeah, yeah, we gotta. Hey Tim, what pants are you wearing? I'm waist up on this. That's I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing pants. I actually bought these pants when I was out there with you. <laughs> All right. Well, as much fun as the air traffic or air travel stories have been, there was a bit of racing. We should probably talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Well, so I mean, James and I had quite a weekend. Um, Thursday we flew uh, to Pennsylvania. We were in Sage's wedding. Oh, wait, um, time! And we we flew, and then we flew. Oh well, yeah. Sorry, backtrack. So we were supposed to fly. We were supposed to do an off-track episode in the air. Mm-hmm. And so I had poor James. I feel very bad, but I had poor James meet me at India Executive Airport at ten to eight, and we were going to fly direct to Allentown. 
Um, and as I was driving there, I called to get my, you know, normal day of weather briefing. It's like, oh, great day to fly, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, cool, can I get an Outlook briefing for, I need to come home Saturday. He was like, ooh, that's going to be tough. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. Um, what about Sunday? And he was like, yeah, it's also going to be tough. So long story short, because of some weather coming in over the Appalachians and presidential TFRs over Camp David, it was going to be very difficult to get back to Indianapolis over the mm -hmm. weekend. Um, so we ended up taking a commercial flight. But before that, we were at the airport. So it was like, why don't we go fly around for a little bit? Let's go try it. And we did. And now James wants to be a pilot. I think. So I have And you made it. What? Yeah. What? You made it. You made we, it. All right. Not do we? Not not. We didn't only just make it. I have to say this. So, Alex, in typical Alex fashion, was very proficient in everything that needed to be done. You know the the professionalism and the whatever work ethic that I know of him from his racing world and just general life. He was very like he got through all. He did. I felt very comfortable the whole time getting ready. Whatever. We get, it was a little windy as we walked out to the plane. And I was like, okay, mental note, a little windy. <clears throat> and then we got up there and he was, it was really, it was actually a lot of fun. Like I learned a lot. He was explaining everything. And, uh, and then we're like, all right, let's see. Let's come in and land the thing. So we're coming in to land and that crosswind that I had noticed uh, earlier is, was, was, was rear in its head a little bit. And these planes aren't big and they move around a fair amount. Quite and small, actually. Quite small. small Very Quite small. Yes. Like and so uh, he had to put it down in what was not the easiest conditions and absolutely nailed it. Very smooth, smoother than our landing today. Yes. That was a big hit. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, I can go into why, but it's fine. He can go into why. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, so he did an excellent job. I felt safe the whole time, but I knew it was a bit of a, I knew it was a bit of a landing because we're coming in and the things, you know, bouncing all over the place. And you're just looking at the runway. And he's like, oh, you, you're getting the full experience. I'm like, okay, he seems calm. So this is fine. I'm okay. And then we land and Kelly was with us. And as soon as we land, Kelly just goes, oh, thank God. Like three straight minutes. So Kelly, Kelly's a great sport. So she, she, I, I know she's like, scared but she does it and she doesn't complain and she adds a smile on and i intentionally try and not do things that would ever freak her out um because i want her to be comfortable flying around and hopefully we can use this as a tool in the future but i have to remind her all the time that airplanes want to stay in the air right like they don't want to be on the air. right the thing i don't remind her is that 100 percent of the airplanes that take off land they eventually well, they eventually they, they come to the ground to yes yeah. yeah yeah okay so, so anyways so we went to sage's wedding um, amazing wedding. It was a lot of fun. Had a bunch of our competitors slash friends there. Um, so that was on Friday. I flew home Saturday morning. James proceeded to fly on down to Nashville mm -hmm. to do his uh, SRX commentating, um, where we witnessed Tony Stewart become the first SRX champion, and he liked to remind everyone that he was also the last IROC champion. Yes, he so was. So he seems to be pretty good at that sort of racing format. Yes, at spec racing. Yes. Yeah. Um, Good thing he's too big to fit in an bar. <laughs> now, he was a champion yeah, there too, though. That is fair. He, I think he was, I forget if he won the championship the last year he was in it. Or no, I think he maybe did one for him. year. Must but, be nice. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he was, I mean, he came in with a pretty commanding lead in the championship. That was not really much of a story because everybody like in terms of coming in because we knew he was going to lock it up i mean the guy that owns the series winning the first championship i'm not going to say fix you know um i'm not going to not say anything 
no, it was it was great. And like the race was actually pretty good. The track was the fastest one that they had gone to in SRX. And and uh, Paul Tracy continued to hit people. Paul Tracy got into some people. Some people got into Paul Tracy. So it was a typical SRX event. There were some fireworks. Um, but oh, what was so cool about it was that Chase Elliott came and ran. So the the like ringer for the weekend was not just an active driver at a at the top level of his sport. The reigning champion of Cup came and raced because he wanted to race against his dad, Awesome Bill, who'd been doing the whole series. And it was incredible because they started one two in the first heat. Bill won the heat. Mm-hmm. So like, riddle me this. Yeah, Bill couldn't get out of his own way the whole year, and now he's wheel to wheel with Chase. So. I'm actually glad you brought that up. And I'm not sure how much of this I'm allowed to tell, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So (laughs) there doesn't seem to be a lot of rules in SRX. Bill had had, if you remember back to the first race, Bill's car had a problem. Yes. And then the second race, Bill's Bill's car had a problem. Um, And so they had actually swapped Bill's car, I think, to a different car. And because those, those pride, he he had been running okay, but he had these issues and the engine would stop running or whatever. So they put him in a different car. And ever since they put him into that car, they, he just kept complaining that he, they couldn't get the thing to turn. Like, it just didn't feel right. They couldn't get the thing to turn. And they have two drivers, Ken Schrader and David Stremme, who would do some of the, like, all the kind of setup for the cars. And they kind of, like, they only do, like, five laps in a car. So, like, it was hard for them to notice that. But they both kind of said maybe there was something going on. They couldn't quite figure it out. They tried some setup changes to make it work. And this was every track after that. So, like, from... I guess it'd be Knoxville onwards um, or Aldora onwards, maybe. Anyway, they decided after the hot laps, Bill still wasn't happy with his car. And so they switched him to one of the practice cars. And immediately he was like much better. And like he felt better in the car. Obviously the pace was there. So he was like, yeah, I've been, I've been saying it. And they were listening. And so like, again, huge credit to SRX for making the first change when he had the mechanical problems. And then, you know, changing it for this race. So it actually, it worked out well, but yeah, it was, uh, but I, it's funny. I talked to Chase after the race and he was like, man, I haven't seen my old man get up after like that in a long time. It was time. really, I, cause I watched the first season. It was really cool and special to see that. For sure. Like door to door. Yeah. Door to door with your dad. And then he, and then he won the, he won the heat. And then in the second heat, they started at the back cause they invert the grid. They finished one too. And Bill actually made up more spots than Chase did. So uh, Chase ended up winning the final yeah, uh, Maine, which was great to see. Um, and Bill, I mean, Bill was on the podium. He finished third. Yeah. So it was, and he probably would have been first and second, but he got a little high on a restart there and, and fell back to fifth, got his way back up to third. So very, very cool race. Very cool storylines um, with Chase. Nashville Bay. seems to love motorsports. <clears throat> Dude, we had the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway is actually older than the, well, it's not quite. It's almost as old. Uh, no, it's older than the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And really? yeah, it was wow. built in 1901 or something. And the first race was like 1904. Wow. Um, it's gone through a couple different iterations over the years, but yeah, they've been racing there for a long time. And this was the, they used to have cup races there and, and Xfinity races. This was the biggest attendance they've had since the seventies. It was over, it was like 14,000 people capacity. There is 10. So it was absolutely packed and they got a great show and it was a great event. And yeah, and I hope that that is a, you know, a little bit of a indicator, indicator things to come for yeah. a couple of weeks from now when we go to Nashville and drive. Yeah. Up bridges. I, mean, I just think that's so oh, cool. Oh, that, 
one, yeah, Nashville is going to be awesome for IndyCar, but I, I think it's so cool to see how quickly SRX seems to have like gotten a foothold. Yeah, it's. I, I think it surprised everybody. Slightly concerning. <laughs> well, here, here's the difference, though, right? And this this is this is actually a very important thing to con- like to consider and take into account when you're thinking about that. SRX is a made-for-TV entertainment property. It is not a sports property, right? Yeah. So, like, it's racing, but, I mean, like, there are literally no rules. We can adjust anything and everything to make it more entertaining, to fit the TV window. There's to, a green flag lap limit. There's a green flag lap limit. Yeah. You know, we have built-in stops during between heat one and two and heat two in the final to play little – because a lot of people were saying, like, oh, those little pieces on the drivers were cool, going to their houses or whatever, whatever – we should do more of that in, in IndyCar racing or in NASCAR racing. It's like, that's fine. But like, you don't know if you're going to have a three minute window in the middle of a NASCAR yeah. race, an IndyCar race to play a featurette. We had those built in opportunities. So it really was built for exactly what it was. So it's not apples to apples when comparing it that way, but yes, yeah. the television show that right. happens to feature. Correct. It's, it's, it's a TV reality show, right. basically. Right. Right. And okay. so, and so it, but, but still it was very successful and yeah. people were, People were drawn to it. People were entertained by it. And that's the goal. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with it moving forward. Well, you know what else is made for the fans? Formula One racing. Our live show in Nashville. Oh, I thought this was a play on how the racing there is terrible. This was oh, no. Did, no. Did you see how many people were in Silverstone? 140,000. Holy <laughs> that was That was the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yes, guys. Live show in Nashville. Talk about it, too. Margarita. All right. Margaritaville, the restaurant, downtown Nashville. It's a 322 Broadway. Uh, it will be on August 5th at 8 p.m. Uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, you're going to see us do one of these live. Unfortunately, I can't bleep these guys live, so you'll probably... Uh, you'll you'll see how much I have to cut. All right, <laughs> so this was the most boring introduction. We're doing a live show on the Honky Tonk on Broadway at Margaritaville, which is Jimmy Buffett's bar. So come and get, you know, based. Make fools of ourselves. Yeah, we are going to do that. I I love it. I love it already, guys. I mean, this is going to be the most lit live show that we've done. Oh, by far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the IMS ones, but this one's like after them. That's a great point. It's going to be great for all you guys. It's going to be miserable for us. It's going to be great for me. We're drinking our like Pedialyte hydration drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing everybody there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. Um, that, that whole weekend is going to be like this town, like this town, like I'm still there. Nashville, it, it's out of control. Like after the race, we, you know, CBS held a little kind of like rap party thing at one of the, one of the bars there. And just walking along or near Broadway, it was absolutely mind blowing how like electric that town is right now. So I am very excited for the IndyCar race. I hope we're going to get a crazy turnout, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. And I hope that the race goes well. That would be a nice thing. Oh, like for us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for us oh, personally. Yeah, be nice, that'd be nice cool. Yeah. Um, be a weird yeah. change of pace. Right? <laughs> what a welcome one. Um, we have almost no time left, but do we want to touch on the F1 thing? Yeah, I don't think Lewis did anything wrong. Okay. I don't think Max did anything wrong either. So I, you think purely racing incident? I think it was a purely racing incident. You look at I didn't watch the race. I've watched clips. You look so at the, you saw everything. You look at the move that Lewis made on on Leclerc, Leclerc later yeah. on. 
Was Lewis closer to the curb? Yes. Did Charles give him a much wider berth? Yes. Did Charles do that based on what he saw previously? Quite Maybe. possibly. Right, yeah. Right? Good point. Good point. But the point is, I think it's really unfair for people to hate Lewis. I think it's unfair Max's comments afterwards. Yes. I think Christian Horner's comments are unfair. I think Lewis got a penalty. I think Lewis Hamilton still won. Yeah. I mean, it was also, it's not like Lewis knew that Max was in the hospital. No. He was celebrating. But he was in the hospital for observation. Right. Like he was injured. He, he would have asked if he was injured. It, uh, and it Lewis, Lewis asked, and it was aired on the radio right afterwards, is Max okay? And the team said, yeah, he got out of the car on his own. So, like, the yeah. only thing Lewis knows is that Max got out of the car on his own. And he's pissed off because he's out of the race. Right. So, like, he had no reason to not celebrate the win. It was, that was, it was not, like, such an agreed to use his car as a weapon and take a guy out. And, like, right. that, that, yeah. And so, I agree. That what was so fascinating for me was, sorry, I, I place slightly more blame on Lewis than Alex does because of the gap to the curb. Sure. But, you know. And, and it's funny because we made the joke. We're like, well, they should just give him a penalty anyway because it'll appease the Red Bull side of, of camp and Lewis will probably still win the race. I was saying this to Wickens over the red flag and then sure enough, he won the race anyway. So everybody won. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, where was I going with that? I don't know. But if we could learn one thing from Formula One, and trust me, we can learn a lot. Yeah. The one thing we need to start implementing is team to race control radio. That's what I was. That's what I was getting at. The most fascinating part for me was under the red, hearing the radio communications between, like, whether it was Toto Wolf and Michael Massey or Christian Horner and Michael Massey. In in those in those scenarios, fine. Say whatever you need to say to to, to make your case. Like yes. Christian was very over the top about how dangerous and reckless and you know. And that moment, fine. Toto, did you get the email I sent you, Michael? This is Toto. <laughs> With the diagram. Nailed, Nailed it. And 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 so you have to do everything you have to in that moment. Absolutely. But like, yeah, to, to your point, Alex, Max's comments after on his on his post, whatever, I thought were a little harsh. Like And he didn't even use a period at the end. I do I hate poor grammar, even yeah. in captions and like on Twitter really and stuff. Upsetting. I'm all about the proper yeah. grammar. Well, I did think it was a little weird that they could make changes on the car under red. Because they repaired something on Lewis's you car, right? Formula One the past decade. Not much. It's, it's, been, yeah, it's, it's been a thing for a while, but it's because it had a lot of red flags the last three years. Yeah. It's been a topic, and I still don't get it. It's I can't comprehend. It doesn't make you can change tires. Which weird is like in GP two, Formula Two, the direct feeder series that same shares race direction and most of the rule book, you cannot. I think every other series on earth you cannot. I, yeah. And let yeah, I just it seems I don't know. It seems stupid. I think it's I think it's negatively altered some outcomes over the last three years with a couple of examples yep. that they've had. So anyway, neither here nor there guys. Lewis we're testing wins. at Laguna this uh, week. We're testing there tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Um, then we're testing St. Louis next week, all to build up for Nashville. So got some good times ahead. Yeah, man. Yeah. Have fun guys. Don't think we won't. <laughs> we probably won't. Probably Matt. won't. Alex won't. He's used up his his fun quotient for the week in the first twenty minutes of this episode. He did. Come on, <laughs> I enjoyed it while lasting. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at 
Ask Off Track. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Tim. What makes a Carnival Cruise fun? That's up to you. Maybe it's a ride on boat, a roller coaster at sea, or a deep tissue massage at the spa, Creole-inspired cuisine at Emerald's Bistro to laid-back bites at Guy's Burger Joint, excursions that take you from jungle adventures to beach days at Mahogany Bay, and sunsets from the top deck. Long story short, no one does fun like Carnival. Carnival, choose fun. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.